Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief. It is Rob Howden alongside Nate Dean as we get set to go with episode 110. It is Wednesday, April the 5th. Of course, the EKN Debrief, our post-race report podcast. And of course, wrapping things up for the 2023 Supercarts USA Pro Tour opener, the Winter Nationals at Orlando Car Center. Nate and I were there last week. Uh, lots to talk about because it was uh, a heck of a weekend for sure. Some tremendous racing, a little bit of controversy as well. But nonetheless, we're going to jump into this thing right now. And today's show presented by Sony uh, Racing USA. It's a multi-time world champion and it's a Supercarts USA Super Nationals winner. It is Sodi Kart. And starting in 2023, the Sodi brand has found a new home here in the United States. Sodi Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the Sodi Kart chassis line under the karting distribution banner. The French manufacturer Sodi Kart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sodi Racing chassis line offers a product classes apart uh, from offers product in classes uh, from mini karts to KZ, all based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Visit Sodi-Racing-USA.com to learn more about the Sodi Kart chassis or call 954-634-5111 to become part of the Sodi Racing USA network today. Sodi Kart, the world leader in the karting industry. All right, uh, Nate, let's jump into this thing. Uh, again, we were down there all weekend long. It was a fantastic weekend to get things kind of underway. But for so many of us, like you and I, the first time we've been to our Orlando Karting Center, Everybody else essentially been there for a month. So it was kind of a weird vibe when we got there. I think everybody was ready to go racing Scusa style, but was also kind of getting ready to get the heck out of there. They've been there for so long. Yeah, I think people looking forward to the Pro Tour, but mainly after the event, looking forward to a different track. Just didn't seem like there was a lot of hype for the event. It just seemed like it was almost like another club race where you're at yeah. the same track for the third weekend in a row. So there wasn't a lot of hype for that new track that there would have been maybe for uspks or the florida winter tour but new tracks to come in the future for all of the major national series so i'm guessing people will be looking forward to that yeah and that's how i kind of felt on friday it, it was it felt like friday everybody had been there for so long that there just really wasn't any vibe on friday everybody's like yeah okay we're back on track again you know they were there thursday testing and they've been there all 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 uh, all month so once they finally started racing on uh, on Saturday morning with you know the with the Scusa crew was there you know different race directors you know just different feel I've got that's kind of the feel I got now again we'll do a quick overview the race was March the 31st to April the 2nd Friday Saturday Sunday I mentioned it was at Orlando Kart Center which as uh, Nate said was also home to the opening round of the USPKS series a couple of weeks before the final round of the Florida Winter Tour for Rock Cup USA so definitely a busy facility of course as we know uh the Winter Nationals, the start of the Pro Tour, was initially scheduled to be at NOLA Motorsports Park in New Orleans on the weekend, but uh, contract contract negotiations between the two parties kind of uh, fell apart for some reason, and Scusa electing to move the race to Orlando. It is the first and second round of a six-round championship. Of course, the Winter Nationals, Spring Nationals, and Summer Nationals, 14th season of this great program, started all back in 2010 we were there for that one looking forward to seeing them continue on but again 2010 was when it started uh nate i'll let you kind of come back in with the weather the bottom line is the weather although warm hot actually was really good yeah uh high 80s low 90s throughout the weekend pretty humid no rain or threat of it throughout the weekend so that was good for the winter in florida 
interesting yeah, right? <laughs> dry, but made for some interesting track conditions that I'm sure we'll talk about later in the shifter categories with it, the, with how the rubber was laying down and the heat. It was just an interesting track condition. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, with, with some of the dust and so there's a concrete plant near there, so the dust kind of blows up and drives driving off the driving off quite a bit throughout the weekend, putting dust t- dirt all over the track. So. Track conditions were really interesting. Greasy and, and no grip is what we heard from a lot of people. Uh, if we jump into by the numbers, as we always do, uh, last year's Winter Nationals, the opening round of the Pro Tour, uh, 240 entries uh, at NOLA Motorsports. Uh, 226 is what they ended up with. Uh, down by 14, about a, a 6% decrease. But interesting across the board, Nate, when I kind of went in and put, pl- plugged in all the numbers, there were – Four classes of the nine that actually went up, and then the other nine, five classes, actually four, the other four classes went down. One class was exactly the same. Micro Swift, 24 last year, 24 this year. Mini Swift, 23, uh, 43 last year, 42 this year. So really, when it came to cadet racing, they only went down one. The big drop was X30 Junior that went from 30 down to 20, a drop of 10, and then KA100 Senior, which was 43 Last year, only 28 this year, a drop of 15. So, you know, senior went up, both KA classes. I mean, the KA Masters class went up. The junior class went up a little bit. Master Shifter was up a bit. So it was weird that there were some ebbs and flows in the categories. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit weird. I'm not really sure what you can put your finger on to try and uh, say what that is, whether it be you know we this is the third weekend we've been at orlando card center maybe other people are looking at different series to run for a full season for 2023 don't really know but yeah like you said the x30 junior category losing a fair bit is x30 racing in general seems to be at a bit of a plateau right now not really gaining not really losing a ton but the ka senior was the interesting one with 48 with 43 down to 28 with how well that category was doing at USPKS. A bit of a shocker to find only 28 entries in that class. Agreed. All told in the shifter card category last year, uh, 26 drivers, 20 in the pro class, six in masters. They got an increase of three, essentially uh, another 50% increase in master going to nine drivers in the master class, class, but then down four, four in pro shifter. Although we, as we will get into this, a very uh, high quality pro shifter class in terms of the drivers. So it was a lot of fun to watch those guys kind of go at it. So again, all, all told uh, about a 6% decrease, but still 226 drivers to start off the pro tour at the Winter Nationals. So decent numbers. Anytime you're over 200, it's a major national event. So I'm sure Scusa would have rather have seen 240 or 250, but I think in the end with 226, considering the fact that everybody had been at Orlando for a month, I don't think that that's going to be looked at as a major negative. Now, again, we'll see what happens when we go west to Utah. That'll be the different different, uh, the different the situation. How many drivers from the west that maybe didn't come all the way to Florida are going to come to Utah and vice versa? How many of the eastern drivers that we saw in Florida? Because Florida always does you know, amp up the n- a number of drivers at any one of the races in that area. How many of those guys are going to decide to run the entire tour? That's one thing, of course, we will be looking for. Into the break now, though. First break. In the action, this is, again, episode number 110 of the EKN Debrief. When we get back, Nate and I'll dive into the Paddock Pass. Made in the USA. It's not just a statement. It's the mission at Factory Carts of America. Led by four-time Supernats champion Billy Musgrave, Factory Carts manufactures their frames completely in-house at the Riverside, California facility. Built and designed from the ground up specifically for the American karting market, Factory Carts brings new innovations and solutions 
that are long overdue. Factory carts bring together the highest quality materials to produce a high-performance, long-lasting cart that has been designed and perfected from three years of development, with a focus for a big push across North America in 2023. No other carting manufacturer stands behind its product like Factory Carts does, providing a two-year warranty on all their frames. Do you remember when American-made meant innovative, original, stronger, faster, and just plain better? Well, American-made is back. Contact Factory Carts today to join the American-made movement. Learn more by visiting factorycarts.com or email Billy anytime at info at factorycarts.com. There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment, Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track and their carding lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT carding helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual density interior foam lining and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to stilohelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo, any competition, one helmet. Welcome back to episode number 110 of the EKN Debrief. Again, Wednesday, April the 5th. Rob Howden alongside Nate Dean as we dive into the uh, Winter Nationals, the opening round of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour. We were at Orlando Kart Center last weekend. Time to jump into the paddock pass, or we'll talk about stuff that really happened paddock-wise, maybe some new people in the paddock, whatever it may be. Uh, this edition presented by Comet Kart Sales. History, success, family. These are the three words that describe Comet Kart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the U.S., the family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis and has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in their near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, and they are continually adding new parts to their product line. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. All right, Nate, let's jump into the paddock pass here. A bunch of stuff happening as you and I kind of worked our way through the pit area, chat with a bunch of people. I think first and foremost for me was just, you know, not sure whether or not he was going to be coming back for the season yet, but good to see Joe Turney back for the start of the pro tour with Chad Dockin racing. Yeah, and so soon after him going to back to Europe and winning in Valencia for the FIA European Karting Championship. So it was good to see him after that. Had a very strong run in the winter series on that Cart Republic and DAP chassis, splitting that between the two weekends. So if he does choose to stay and do a full campaign in the Pro Tour, then he will definitely be a championship favorite. 
little tease on us too, right? Right. He was running that DAP chassis on uh, on Friday, then bounced back to the Cart Republic on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, he. Not sure about that. He uh, ran the DAP chassis the first weekend of the Winter Series, and then went back to Car Republic for the second weekend. So, not too sure about that. I have to probably ask him uh, never, in Utah. Yeah, I never got a chance to ask him. I was I was going to ask about that, but I didn't think about it. One of the things that was cool to see, we haven't seen it for quite a while. Um, we saw, it, of course, out at the Challenge of the Americas, but was the Sodi Kart program you know in, in all the stuff that we've done with ekn through supercarts usa and all the super nationals we've covered you know we go back to some of the great days with uh, anthony abbas running up front in that pro shifter class you know the kzicc category but good to see sodi kart coming back working with pk sports uh terry germanovich was there sodi kart making a really good effort now they've really kind of landed and they're going to town they're really focused on really you know building roots back into the u.s market yeah, and Harley Keeble doing a great job at showcasing their brand up front at uh, in X30 Senior throughout the weekend. I think he turned a lot of heads, maybe not the end of the day he would have wanted on Saturday, but we'll talk about that uh, later when we talk about X30 Senior. But a really good showing for Sodi Kart at the Pro Tour. Yeah, agreed. You know, they had Josh Bergman right up there in the micro category as well. And we're going to see, I think, a lot more of Sodi Kart uh, throughout the year at different programs. Of course, as we have, uh, we reported on, on eCarding News, they're working with uh, PK Sports as kind of their East Coast program, right? East Coast race team. Uh, they work with the Karting Collective out West, and there's more programs coming online. So they're going to be working with Sodi Kart. So look for that. Um, let's, I'll jump ahead of the one I had in the notes here. We'll talk, well, let's first talk about the fact that it was at the end of a long run at the Orlando Kart Center, you know, a full month, as we have said, folks, for teams that were there, uh, you know, coming out of the February races, locking in there for the USPKS opener for the uh, Florida winter tour finale, then a weekend off, and then right back into the Scusa uh, Winter Nationals. Uh, a slight break right now until they head to USPKS. I know I talked to Mike Rollison from Rollison Performance Group. They literally packed everything up on Sunday, drove on Monday and Tuesday, and have actually already parked the trailer uh, their haulers already parked at Speed Sports, where USPKS will be at the end of April. So I think everybody, Nate, probably looking forward to a couple of weeks off to maybe take a breather, right? Go home, see the family, try to bank some sleep maybe too. Yeah, for sure. Especially even if you're um, on the road for that long, let alone being at the same track or going with the same flight back to Orlando every other weekend or so. But yeah, I think everyone's going to take these breaks as uh they come through they kind of happen sporadically throughout the season so having one this early on especially without the with all the winter tour and winter series running between all series i think everyone will quite enjoy this yeah kind of a little bit of a breather right now just a little break in the action before they get back at it so we'll cap off this edition of the uh, of the paddock pass and again as i said presented today by comet cart sales uh, there was a lot of chatter uh, throughout the paddock, and especially after Sunday when Billy Musgrave kind of smoked everybody there in Pro Shifter. Uh, a lot of chatter about the IME SSE 175 versus the KZ power plant in that Pro Shifter category. You know, we can go back and look and kind of, you know, break it all down and, and, and about the Scusa, you know, moving from stock Honda into the IME SSE 175 that didn't get the traction they hoped for. The move was then to open up to allow the KZ engines in. Both engines, of course, then legal running Scusa Pro Shifter. But in the offseason, and I got to dive more into this because I, I really wasn't up on it until I got there, was but uh, you know, Scusa changed the rules a little bit 
to kind of open up the open up the SSE 175 a little, allow more work to be done on the engine to, I think, kind of make it a little more attractive for teams. Um, maybe the guys that already had SSE 175s, hey, instead of buying a KZ, you can just you know do some top end work or whatever it may be on the, on the engine. But man, that's, I don't know how many people you talked to, but a lot of people were fired up as Musgrave was the only guy on the 175 all weekend. Yeah. And I think we can kind of, you said they opened it up a bit and some could argue maybe a bit too much. I'm too not, much. not trying to discredit Billy at all. He's an amazing driver. What him and factory card have done. They've made some amazing chassis, have amazing team behind them. But at the same time, having that big of a gap in a field with U S champions, world champions, I'm guessing like we talk about in the sports car world all the time, there's going to be a bit of BOP yep. getting thrown the way of the IAMI. Yeah, and what do you do now, right? The, the interesting thing is they've opened up Pandora's box, so you can't literally tell them, "Hey, we, we you know, you already have this engine. You can't kind of detune it. It's probably going to be having to pound some weight on it or whatever it may be." Now, whether that they even decide to do that, I don't know. This particular racetrack obviously pr- played really well for the 175 and that kind of bottom end torque that it was an initially you know promoted as to have that big grunt off the bottom. Well, there's a lot of hairpins there where we watched it Nate throughout the weekend. You know, they'd get into the corner and and Billy would just get that that, that Kudos again to the chassis. He had the factory cart dialed in. He'd get it rotated, and that thing would just squirt out of the corners. Maybe, maybe kind of with him, and he would gain, you know, at least a length coming out of a lot of the corners. Yeah, obviously, the IAMI having a bit of an advantage at such a tight and technical circuit. It's probably the it's going to be the slowest speed track we go to on the Pro Tour. So yeah. it's going to be really interesting when we hit the way of. If they, if nothing's done about it, once we go to Utah and Newcastle, where it's more top speed and medium speed at Newcastle, where we can see if the KZs can keep up. Yeah, agreed. I think that's a great point, and I think that's something we're obviously we're obviously gonna have to dive more into this. A lot of stuff is already happening. Literally, just as I was getting ready to come on, I saw that the Stars Championship has announced that the uh, IAMI SSE 175, which they run alongside their KZ class and their KZ Stars class is going to go by the 221, uh, 2021 spec. So they're not going to be able to use the new spec engine. So it's going to be really interesting. It's something that we'll look at at EKN. So make sure to take uh, to, to keep an eye out for that. We'll uh, we'll make some phone calls and start talking to some people and get a little more in, into depth with what's happening with the KZ versus 175 program. All right, into our second commercial break of this show, this 110th episode of The Debrief. When we get back, it's time to jump into the race report. Stay with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready for the 2022 season with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. The CRG KT5 is our new chassis for tag and shifter racing, and it's been designed specifically for the U.S. market. The KT5 features 30mm construction with a 32mm front loop to increase front grip. CRG's new Ven 13 brake system is cutting-edge technology with a master cylinder that allows for pressure regulation within the system. Drivers can customize brake pressure to their own requirements to improve feel and to avoid brake lockup. The cart is finished with new KG 507-508 bodywork that has refined aerodynamics and reduced weight. For cadet drivers, the 2022 CRG Black Mirror is already logging positive results to start the new season. 
this chassis will be making big waves in 2022. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. With four cycle racing enjoying consistent growth in North America, CRG's FS4 chassis is the ideal choice for racers in Briggs and Stratton competition. From pure racing to karting entertainment, many tracks, both indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the CRG Centurion rental cart line. Five different models for both gas-powered or electric engines can fit any track's needs for a new rental cart fleet. CRG Nordam has a full inventory of rental carts available for new and existing facilities. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com and to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. Kometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Kometic karting gaskets are available as OE replacement top end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive carters, Kometic can operate on the fly and has the unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Kometic's fiber materials are asbestos free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two cycle kit and Kometic's four cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Kometic can tailor to engine builder specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Kometic gaskets are must-haves for championship winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Kometic gasket, sealing championships since 1989. Welcome back to the ECAN Radio Network. Rob Howden alongside Nate Dean as we are uh, wrapping up our coverage from the Supercarts USA Winter Nationals, the opening round of the Pro Tour at the Orlando Kart Center. This is the Debrief Podcast. Uh, of course, kind of taking all the stuff we did race report-wise, putting it into podcast form. Now the time to jump into the race report. We have nine categories to go through here, so it's going to take a little time, but we'll work our way through it. Today's race report presented by the Skip Barber Racing School. Are you looking at the next step in racing? Go from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Racing School. Skip Barber alumni are champions in every motorsports series, including Formula One, NASCAR, IMSA, and IndyCar. Get behind the wheel of a Skip Barber Formula Four car that features a 160 horsepower turbocharged engine. Our highly structured and competitive Skip Barber Formula Race Series is the perfect platform to start your career so you can fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. With equalized race cars and a focus on driver development, your driving skills will determine if you end up in victory lane. Learn more about the Skip Barber Racing School at skipbarber.com or call 866-932-1949. All right, uh, Nate, uh, let's start with the X30 Senior Category presented by Speed Concepts Racing. I'll blast out the headline and then we can kind of go to work on it. Here's your headline. Turney and Morgato split pro victories. So the bottom line out of the gate, uh, Joe Turney, as you had said earlier, Nate was very, very quick at the winter, uh, the winter series running with Chad Dockton racing cart Republic coming off the CIKFIA European championship win at Valencia. 
I think obviously momentum, speed, skill, material qualifies P1 and wins the pre-final as well. He looked really good coming out of the gate. Yeah, for someone who's arguably one of the best drivers, karting drivers in the world in that senior category, you're not going to expect anything less from him. Had the momentum that has been rolled over from the winter series and anything he's run over in Europe um, before then. Just had the speed right out of the gate. Not really. It's hard with how close this classes of course with the level of competition you have with all the american champions with some of the europeans coming over with morgado and ramos and to still just have (laughs) this comfortable not a comfortable gap but still just be comfortable in the car be able to put it on uh that front row once again just a really good showing fraternity there was some great racing uh, uh, in the uh, in the main event. You know, Norberg was able to get the lead up, I think, at the start, if I'm not mistaken. Kind of rolled around the outside and, and held the spot early. Turney came back by. There was some really good mid-race action as well. Uh, you know, Turney was able to, as a get-back, kind of built the gap a little bit. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun to watch. Norberg was closing at the end, but ever so slightly. You know, you wonder, of course, how much Turney was kind of holding back a bit. Did he have more in the tank to be able to, to, be able to drop the hammer on it? But, you know, with those guys battling, I, I thought one of the cool factors was seeing uh, Harley Keeble work his way up so well. You had mentioned when we were talking about Sodi Kart and Sodi Racing USA and PK Sports in the paddock pass that the 16-year-old British driver, man, super impressive. He's going to be running KZ, I believe, for them this year. Um, but, man, you know, ended up working his way into third spot, ran third. Man, I, you know, we were calling the action. Very impressive, but, man, I, I remember, I think you I think you actually came and told us when we were in the booth that he actually didn't make weight. And man, to think about you come over your first race against big dogs like last year's, you know, world champion, Mateus Morgado, who ended up, end up third, but to just miss on weight, that's gutting. Yeah, I was there at the scales doing some content for our social pages. And of course, Orlando doesn't just weigh weight to the pound. They go into decimal places for that. So on his initial scale, he came up just a half a pound light rescaled and then obviously uh redid the scale zeroed that out and then went back on and he was a pound and a half light so it didn't really help his (laughs) out and his sodi car team was you know doing all the instructions try and stand in different places fill your air your lungs with air everything they could and going a bit over the you get one chance to rescale after uh, it's zeroed again, which is another topic for another day. But you cannot discredit um, his run in that final half a pound or in a pound and a half would not have made a difference of like putting him really far back. He's still an amazing driver and a lot to come from him. Yeah, of course, as we when we get into Sunday, you'll hear that he came back as well. Uh, so again, so, it, you know, it was turning with the win. Uh, Norbert chased him, but wasn't able to get. So it was first and second there. Mateus Morgado, who was fourth on the racetrack, getting elevated up to third because uh, he had caught and reeled in both uh, both Brandon Carr first and then uh, Hayden Jones as well to go to P3. I think a, a really good run for Hayden Jones as well in the Trinity Karting Group. Uh, Cart Republic machine. Of course, he ran with Norberg last year at Rollison, so was kind of leading the way himself here, and and looked really good. I thought he, he was in the kind of hunt the entire time. And actually, was it was it Saturday where he had the issue in qualifying and was last and worked his way up, whatever, into in the prefinal, then attacked from the prefinal. Right? He actually came from dead last in the prefinal to finish fourth. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I so. Yeah, I think that I think that was Sunday yeah. where 
him and Ryan both had a bit of issues. The number one and the number two plates were out early, not out early. Hayden was out early in qualifying, but Ryan managed to get his chain back on. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And they right. We didn't bring that. Ryan had the trouble with the chain as well. But anyways, yeah, Brandon Carr as well. One of the rookie drivers had a good job. He ends up working his way into fifth. So all told, Turney, Norberg, Morgado, hey, uh, Jones, and Carr, top five in Saturday's action and X30 senior. Hard charger in that one was Caleb Gaffera. He just seemed like he seemed like he had just a rough weekend, all told. I uh, was involved in an incident at one point. He started 37th. Worked his way up to, I think, ninth or 10th with a couple of penalties. He ended up eighth in the end, a 29-position improvement for Caleb Gaffera, running with Trinity Carter Group on the Cut Republic as well. So a good run to get him back into the top 10. Sunday was where things got really interesting because we didn't talk at all, of course, Saturday, about anybody from Speed Concepts Racing. And they got good drivers. We're talking about Austin Garrison, uh, Aiden Ingrata, Pauli Massimino. They were like kind of the tail end of the top 10 on Saturday, but Nate, they stole whatever they did overnight. They stormed back on Sunday and really dominated qualifying. Yeah. There was talk from Ingrata that that tent had found something. And obviously everyone's going to find a little bit of something throughout Saturday and Sunday just to try and evolve. But when they, I think all of them were in the top five or so in qualifying, it's like, okay, they actually found something with Austin going P1 and Grotta was there. Massimino was quick as well. So Speed's concepts were really a contender on Sunday. Yeah, I'm scrolling back. I honestly, I think they went, I think they went one, two, three. They did. Think they yeah, did. Garrison, Ingrata, Massimino, one, two, three in qualifying for Speed Concepts Racing. It didn't play out by the end of the day. Uh, but Ingrata would, Ingrata would be able to work up and, and was, uh, was the winner in the pre-final. Uh, I believe Garrison might have been second as the two Burrell Art PSL drivers were right there as well. And that's Morgado and, and Diego Ramos. They were right there. Uh, in the main event, though, and I think this is kind of this is kind of the end of this amazing run through three months of competition and kind of dialing things in. Mateus Morgado, who, of course, is the reigning world champion, uh, was signed to run with PSL Karting over here in the U.S. Uh, this year, along with his good friend uh, Diego Ramos. Uh, Morgado was just the guy to beat. Uh, early issue for Joe Turney. He gets hammered by, I can't remember who it was, but got drilled in turn number nine and, and essentially was out of the race. Got the thing back going again and actually stormed back to finish in the uh, in the 18th spot. Same thing happened for Ryan Norberg. He got roughed up big time coming out of turn number nine. I want to say broke a sprocket or something like that happened to the sprocket, I believe. So those are the two, the two top guys from Saturday are out. Uh, but in the, and in their absence, Mateus Morgado, Nate really stepped up. He's the world champion. And they, they, they just keep getting better and better with that Burrell art chassis, the single speed cart, right? We know how good they are, how fast they are in the gearbox class, but man, they, they've really, they're figuring stuff out for sure with, with the single speed. Yeah. Like you said, in the, shifter classes maureen kremers has done a very good job yeah. marketing that cart and that brand but in the single speed they've been struggling a little bit in the past couple of years they've had uh qualifying and short run pace we saw that in the friday happy hour with morgado going fastest in x30 senior but we've seen that throughout the winter of Burrell having that one lap pace, like with Ramos going on pole in the winter series, but they haven't really been able to sustain that throughout a race distance. But finally at a major event at a pro tour event, they did get a win in the Florida winter tour with Morgado, but uh, Morgado finally being able to have that breakthrough for Burrell in the X 30 category in uh, pro tour competition, his teammate Diego Ramos really helping him out. 
uh, throughout that midpoint of the race with him running second and really defending from Keeble, who was very, very quick throughout the entire race in the scale line. Him saying, well, if I was if I could have gotten up there, I would have ran away with that. He had a ton of pace in that Sodi cart. But again, bringing things back, a really good run from Morgado to hold off the pack as they were starting to catch him towards the end of that final. And the funny thing is, too, uh, again, the battle up front, you talked about a great job for Ramos to hold him off. Harley Keeble, kudos to Keeble, right, for being able to get uh, get back after the net the day before, able to get finally by and finishes his second. The fast lap actually was Joe Turney. He turned the quickest lap with a 54.1, but Keeble was a 54.2. Keeble's fast lap, as you said, was two-tenths faster than that of Morgado. So there was probably an opportunity, like Keeble said, had he got by earlier to potentially reel in Morgado to go for the win. But it ended up being Morgado, Keeble, and Ramos on the podium. Uh, Ingrata, who led early, held on for the fourth spot. And Alessandro de Tullio, uh, not not actually the hard charger. We'll get to that in a second. Not actually the hard charger. Uh, uh, is actually de Tullio up 25 spots. Started 30th. He goes to P5. Tremendous run for Alessandro de Tullio, uh, who is running, who is with PSL Carding and Prime Power Team, moving over to the Burrell. But actually, the driver, and I'll update my, my notes here, was actually Blake Nash. He started back in 36th, drove up. To ninth, top 10 finish for Blake Nash from 36 to ninth. A good run because, to be honest, Nash, we figured, I think, Nate would probably be in the fight up front. Just wasn't really anywhere in the middle of the battle. Uh, anything we were talking about top five-wise had some trouble here and there. But I think good way to kind of wrap up what was a rough weekend for Blake to be able to come up into the top 10. Yeah, Blake's had a <clears throat> fairly quiet i'll say almost a bridesmaid type start of 2023 he's had pace <clears throat> at a lot of the events he's gone to on that nash motorsports eos of his but he's never been able really been able to really fight up front but i feel like sometime throughout 2023 he'll be able to get on the uh, a major national podium and just spark that confidence a bit more and he'll definitely be a front runner consistently by the end of the year yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. He's He's got the speed down. Again, he's learning like crazy, right? Learned a ton racing against uh, Norberg at, at Homestead for the Winter Series. So there's a lot to learn there. And again, he's kind of stepping things up. Championship-wise, Morgado with a 55-point lead, leaving the Winter Nationals over Joe Turney and Diego Ramos. So a good start to the season, as we said, uh, for Mateus Morgado. Let's move down to the pro shifter category presented by PSL Karting. Here's your headline. Formal holds off Musgrave, but Californian storms back on Sunday. So nothing to do with the engine deals on that. Formal came out of the gate, qualifies on pole, wins the pre-final, gets the whole shot on uh, on Musgrave. Musgrave started behind him P3. Uh, Nate, to be honest, M Musgrave, it was 24 laps of little constant pressure. Musgrave trying to find a way by Formal, but again, Formal's a veteran driver. You know, it's going to be hard to shake him for sure. But we had two of the drivers we've been talking about for the last decade going head to head for a race win to start off the season. And in the end, it was uh, it was Formal who took that victory. Yeah, uh, Danny doing an excellent job on Saturday on that RPG Cosmic. Him taking the win at USPKS a couple of weeks earlier, the first yeah. shifter win for OTK in the US soil on quite a while. So him backing up that form again on Saturday was really the quickest card. Like you said, uh, really hard to shake formal, especially in the past couple of races he's done with 
between USPKS and being in the midfield of a GTD battle at Sebring. <laughs> There's nothing you can really do to get under Formal's skin. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, really, really good run for him. So Musgrave in, in, indeed did not make his way to the podium as uh, he got a put, he got a jump start penalty. Just this was a video online, kind of jumped off the line, stopped, and then continued. I was surprised that because he stopped, I was kind of surprised. I'm not sure what the actual rule is, but regardless, he got a he got a, a jump start penalty uh, that actually moved Marion Kremers up into second. He was also the hard charger. He started back in 15th and and drove his way up to third. Ended up in second spot after having a flat tire in the pre final. So Marion Kremers. On the PSL carding, Beerle Art ends up in second. A.J. Myers was there in third. Musgraves penalty drops him down to fourth. And Kyle Wick uh, ended up in the fifth spot. Sunday was all Billy Musgrave. Figuring it out, dialed the chassis in a little bit for the changing conditions, uh, the conditions which we'll get to. Drivers were super slippery. I literally talked to A.J. Myers at one point. I think we, when Nate, when you and I were leaving the one day, and he said that he, he, if it had rained, he thought he would have had better grip. That's how that's how tough it was with these drivers. The, the so slippery out there, so greasy. But Musgrave Nate had things absolutely flat handled on uh, uh, on Sunday. Qualifies pole, wins the pre-final. Was challenged very briefly at the start of the opening lap. They tried to kind of dive inside him in turn number uh, turn number four and five. The first couple of laps, he was able to get away, and it ended up being a seven-second win for Musgrave over Kremers and Myers. He really, really just handled everybody on Sunday. Yeah, it, it was just pure domination yeah. <laughs> from Musgrave and factory carts. If I mean, they can do all the marketing they want. All you really need to do is put up a billboard or a poster of something of just live timing, circle the seven second gap in a pro shifter field. And that's all you need to do. They just absolutely batter the field on Sunday compared to Crummers and Myers, who is one of the best shifter cart drivers in the world and one of the best shifter cart drivers in the US. So a really, really good run from Billy. Yeah, and you you know you can you can point this towards the difference in the engines, but the bottom line is this the engine was legal. Those those engines were legal. Anybody on a Saturday night could have bolted on an SSC uh, you know, built SSC uh, 175 and been able to race. Now, of course, they're all committed to the KZ program, so you're gonna have lots of conversations on what was the right thing to do. We'll see what Scuza looks at. There's a long time now, a couple of months before we head to Utah for the uh, for the spring national. So we'll see if anything comes uh, down the pipe. You mentioned potential balance of performance, BOP. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I know that there was a lot of team owners that weren't particularly thrilled in the paddock on Sunday. So we'll see what happens there. But the, the bottom line is, is Musgrave continues to dial in that factory car program. They, he's he's essentially locked and loaded with the 125 on the production chassis model, which he's thrilled with. He's 95% production model on his 100, uh, his 100 CC and his, his, um, his uh, single speed cart. He's working on a four cycle chassis that will essentially be the 100 CC cart as well. And as we know, he's worked with Jackson Porter on the cadet program as well. So very cool to see an American made chassis. It's the first time, in this iteration of the Pro Tour since 2010, that we've had an American-made chassis win on the Pro Tour, uh, and we saw that back in the days with you know Track Magic, CTS, uh, Margay with a win actually as well in, in Pro Tour comp Pro Moto Tour competition in, in the you know from '98 up to 2005. But in this in this current iteration, that's the first win by an American chassis. Great job for him. Uh, again, as we said, Kremers was able to to best Myers in that battle. And I think another good story was was Kyle Wick for GFC Karting uh, and and Formula Works uh, gearbox failure in uh, in qualifying. 
He goes 16th to 8th in the pre-final, then 8th to 4th in the main, ends up getting by his uh, teammate uh, Jacob Gulick. GFC ends up in 4th and 5th. A really good run for Wick after trouble in qualifying. Yeah, uh, GFC doing quite a good job between uh, uh, Jacob and Kyle. For those two, obviously, still a bit of work to be done for that chassis to get them further up the grid. But I feel like with that team and those drivers, they'll definitely be able to make that time up and get further up throughout the season. Yeah. Gary Carlton at the helm. He'll, he'll know what to do with that, uh, with the setup, whatever it may be. They had good pace. Let's put it that way. Uh, but again, you're racing. This is the idea. You're racing against the top drivers in the sport and who have been there for, for many, many years. Uh, the hard charger for international motorsports was Georgio, uh, Giorgio Carrera on the Lenzo issues in pre in the pre-final put him at the tail of the field. He split the difference and went to eighth spot in the championship. Billy Musgrave heading to the spring Nats in Utah. will have a 45 point lead over AJ Myers and Marion Kremers. That's how things shook down. Musgrave, of course, fourth on uh, Saturday and getting the win on Sunday. We'll go now to the KA 100 senior category brought to you by Nash Motorsports. This will complete this segment, go to a breaking. We'll come back with the two junior classes. Um, the headline for KA 100 senior Levy sweeps weekend to take points lead. This was an awesome class, uh, Nate. We're seeing a bunch of new young names kind of coming into the fight, which I think is good. You know, over the you know vast number of years, we'll get guys that are veteran drivers in KA. You think of the Nicholas Terleckis, the Josh Hotzes, the Brandon Lemkes, right? You get guys that would come in and run this category. A lot of young talent in this program here right now. Aiden Levy, who really kind of put a na- his name on the national map, with the success he had at the Winter Series down in Homestead in January and February, came out of the gate strong, ends up qualifying on uh, qualifying on the pole for the pre-final. That pre-final short race went to Noah Rosser in the GWR Tony Kart. When we went racing, though, the front pack in KA100 Senior, so fun to watch. Frankie Mossman was in there. He led for a time in the CRG for Tesoro Raceworks. Rosser, Colin Lloyd was in the fight as well on the Magic. Finnegan Bela for Trinity was right there. The, the the racing for the first half of the Saturday main event was pretty hectic. Yeah, they all just formed into one big blob of carts pretty much throughout the first <laughs> half of the race. A lot of different drivers who are on different chassis manufacturers who yeah. all come from different backgrounds and all that. So it's nice to see just a lot of diversity up front and not just like in just OTKs up front or just another brand of car it's just a lot of different chassis manufacturers being represented so that was good to see with um levy eventually coming out on top in that class after a pushback bumper penalty for fernando luque who moved up from junior that weekend so unfortunate for him but levy eventually taking that win Right. Like I said, a lot of guys up front in the middle of the battle. As the kind of things played down to the end, Winter Series champion Peyton Phillips was right in there. Rosser was in there. You mentioned uh, Fernando Luque on the Tony card, who has uh, jumped up from junior to senior. And he was kind of, he was one that kind of ruffled a lot of feathers. He was a disruptor, as I wrote in the in the race report, because uh, he was getting pretty aggressive with a number of drivers. Late race, as everything kind of shook down, different drivers taking their, their time up front. Mossman, as I had mentioned, had an engine issue. He went to the sidelines after blowing a motor. Um, but Phillips was leading uh, Aiden Levy, and they had some room. Phillips uh, Phillips was running the Tony Kart, Levy on the Alonso um, for Team Tarp. And they, they, they were running one, two. They were going to be able to essentially run it out to the very end. And Phillips started to go on the defensive a little bit early, and that really kind of brought everybody back in. I think it was like maybe lap with two to go he went on the defensive everybody coming back into the fight they were kind of inside outside 
in the end, Levy ended up ha- coming out of the chaos with a, with a good lead. Probably had three or four cart lengths going into the final complex that before you come into the left-hander. It's a, a 10, 11, 12 kind of chicane S's before you come out of 12 to the start-finish line. He left the door open. And Fernando Luque, who had led, er, led it for a time, I believe, ends up throwing it in the inside, gets to the inside. Levy was not happy with himself for leaving the door open. Luque gets through. He ends up coming out and getting the race win. Comes across the line with the race win, then tries to do a cool kind of heel clicker and spins in front of everybody, which uh, yeah, definitely didn't look very good at all. But he had a pushback bumper, as you had mentioned. So he ends up going backwards, and Aiden Levy gets the win. Uh, Phillips comes home in second. He was not pleased with himself afterwards in the interviews he did with the uh, car chaser. Couldn't believe that he started on the defense that early. He thought the pack was behind him. Colin Lloyd ends up in the f- third spot. And then good to see Henry Wheeler on the LN cart roll up there with uh, Brian, uh, pardon me, um, uh, Jarsa Crack and Doty. Uh, he ends up fourth and, and Josh Campbell for RPM rounding out the top five. Campbell will play into the fight on, on Sunday. Uh, but man, I just thought it was a, it was a great battle. Luke K was a little hectic. There's a lot of talk after that, but K100C just does not disappoint. No, and like you said, Phillips, going defensive on that final lap kind of brought everyone back in. Aiden had quite the over-under in the final few complex of corners. And then the final section where Fernando got passed, I don't think it was Aiden intentionally leaving the door open. He didn't get over the second curb into that hairpin very well. If you go and watch the broadcast again and you pause it you'll see that fernando is going the right way and aiden is all worked up sliding the wrong way and having to correct it (laughs) all right so that's what allowed fernando to come past but like you said it was from a pace side a good weekend for luke for trying to get respect from your other drivers (laughs) for an entire season maybe not the best way to start it off but yeah i think he was very candid in once we get to Sunday with a bit of a tussle he had very candid that we'll talk about in a sec. Indeed. Indeed. Hard charger in the opening race of the weekend for K 100 senior was Caden bell on the LN cart started 27th races way up to 11th. Good run for him. Plus 16 coming back on Sunday. Uh, Levy picked up where he left off. I think he wanted to have a straight win. He ends up qualifying on the pole wins the pre-final. And to be honest, he, he made a clean run through the first half of the opening kind of laps. And the and the battle, as it happened, starts behind him. He got through turn one and two very cleanly uh, through into four and five. And all of a sudden, everybody started battling. And he actually was able to pull a pretty good lead from the very beginning. Really never looked back, as I recall. The fight then was essentially Campbell, uh, Josh Campbell versus Noah Rosser. Rosser ran second. Campbell was with him. Campbell actually had uh, a broken, uh, it was left side, left side, um, side pod, the back, the back mount part, the, the bolt had come out. So it was kind of hanging there. We were worried that potentially it was going to break off and he was going to get the meatball, but he did not. And in the end, it worked out really well. He ends up finishing second, getting by Rosser on the last lap. So Levy wins by six tenths, really un, un, unchallenged, as I had said. Campbell and Rosser tried to cl- close in, but weren't able to do it. Campbell finishes second, Rosser in third, Mossman fourth, Braden Robertson fifth. So the two to sorrow CRGs coming home fourth and fifth. Good job for the CRG drivers. But let's jump into that Luke K versus Colin Lloyd. They're not really part of the results here at the end. But, man, they were going at each other like crazy. Luke K, they were dry. Luke K drove uh, Lloyd off, I think, in turn nine at one point. Nate, I'm sure you were out You know, you were out there. You watched it as well. We were covering it. But, man, 
at one point Lloyd tried to like literally, I think he had enough of it. He got hit so far so many times in the back. He kind of dro- drove Lecay to the inside of the track coming out of nine. It was just a lot of chaos to watch. That's for sure. Yeah, it was Levy, not Levy. Um, Lloyd. Lloyd, yep, was leading a pack going into one of the hairpins. You could see him get all crossed up. And then Luke Hago passed. Colin essentially looked to his inside. I was like, all right, I'm sick of it. <laughs> Basically took them both out. Um, they continued racing, though. But after the race, I think Lloyd said, you know, it happened. I'm probably not going to talk to him about it. Fernando saying it's embarrassing for both of us. Got to do better. So I think both of the drivers having a bit of regret for what happened on track, which is good to see. Obviously you don't want to have that kind of racing on track. And before we do switch subjects, just to say how good of a run it was for Evie, the gap between him and Campbell wasn't six tenths. It was 3.3 seconds in a K 100 senior field. Did he have a pushback then? Or did I just screw that up? No, you're right. No, I I'm think... looking at it right now. No, you're no, you're. I just I just messed it up on the on the on the sheet. Yeah, three point three seconds. You're right, indeed. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's nothing you can add to that. It's like in a field that is so close. If you look at the gaps between from second to, uh, pretty much. I mean, a bit of tomfoolery going on in the back of the field, but usually the field is just so close, and to see someone just walk away with it in what is turning out to be a pack racing class by 3.3 seconds is just impressive and speaks volumes about Levy's talent. And I want to think, say probably setup wise too, because in the end he was good. Like the, the both drivers were, were quickest on lap number nine in their, in their fastest laps. Campbell was quicker by four hundredths. Levy was just, I think, so consistent, was able to pull away. Luke did have the fast lap. And as I looked down, because I wondered if anything happened, Luke and I'm, I don't know how he, he Luke did get a pushback bumper, I think 925. I think, yeah, he's going to push. He has a fully pushback bumper from the contact that he had. And actually Lloyd did receive a, a, a three second penalty for impeding driving down on the 925. So there was a penalty laid down to Colin Lloyd, Luke with the full six second pushback bumper. So again, a lot of contact in that class, a lot more probably than there needed to be. And again, Luke as as Nate, as you had mentioned in the interview said that he really didn't do a great job. He didn't, he, he didn't do right by himself. He didn't do right by his family, his team. So a learning experience for a young driver jumping up to the senior category for the first time, of course, probably fired up and, and with the speed he had, he had the pace to potentially win. It's always tough when a, a junior jumps into senior because you mentioned it from the beginning, right? You, you want to gain the respect, but you want to gain it by, by clean racing, not, hey, give me respect because I have speed. So I think maybe for Luke K, had he been able to just settle down, I think he might have had a better overall weekend. But the speed was there, although he's going to have to keep keep doing his best to try to get the respect from the drivers around him. Yeah, and the old saying of a racer never forgets. I think a lot of those drivers, <laughs> the experienced ones in the senior category, aren't going to really forget this weekend when it comes to Utah or Newcastle when they have a choice of I can push one guy or the other. Maybe it's not going to be Luke. Maybe yeah. he's set himself up for having to redeem himself throughout the season. So maybe not the best way to start it, but... On the flip side, he still has his pace to rely on. So I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, it could be as simple as that, not getting help on the racetrack. Uh, the hard charger, actually, when it comes down to the championship, this could be key. The driver finished second on Saturday. Peyton Phillips had an issue in the pre-final, had to start 19th and drove his way back up to 10th. That result doesn't keep him in the top three in the championship standings right now, but a 10th place result, much better than a 19th, set a nine-position improvement 
for Peyton, getting back up into the top 10. Levy with a perfect weekend, essentially, uh, in terms of winning all but one race. He just did not pace the front of the pre-final on Saturday. Uh, he has an 84-point lead over Josh Campbell, Noah Rosser in third. That is the championship standings for KA100 Senior following the Winter Nationals. And again, from there, we'll go into our next break in the action. We come back, as I had said before, diving back into the race report brought to you by the Skip Barber Racing School. We'll talk about X30 Junior and KA100 Junior. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Toady Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, you can find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xfree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly. Made in the USA. That's exactly what you get from Precision Karting Technologies. Based in Detroit, Michigan, PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting. Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Karting Technologies is known around North America for their successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head to pktaxles.com. Welcome back to this edition of the EKN Debrief. It is episode number 110. My name is Rob Howden, joined by Nate Dean as we were trackside at the Supercarts USA Winter Nationals, the opening round of the Pro Tour. Rolling through the race report brought to you by Skip Barber Racing School. And this will be an all-junior section with X30 and KA100. We'll start with X30 Junior, presented by Rawlison Performance Group. And here's the headline, Rivera and Taylor win as RPG dominates the weekend. And really, it was all RPG. Nate, when we when we were covering this thing, watching it on Kart Racer, a Kart Chaser, as, as I was doing the play-by-play with Nate, I was with uh, Xander and Emery Lida uh, throughout the day. It was all RPG colors up front. And I'm sure you with the camera out there, all the cars looked the same because, man, RPG was just so strong. Yeah, it was just blue, purple, and silver carts out front for the <laughs> exactly, entire weekend exactly, in this right? with the occasional appearance of Stephen Miller. But it was 
well and truly roll some performance groups x30 junior throughout yeah. the entire weekend going one two three four five on saturday and then having four of the five on sunday it was just utter domination from that camp as we've seen in the x30 categories between junior and senior in the past couple of years but really this has to be one of their best weekends in the junior category i think you're right you're right uh, rivera uh, qualifies on pole wins the pre-final but led the opening lap on saturday and then fell back to fifth but he worked his way forward getting by all his teammates and eventually took the lead from max taylor on lap number 19 a little a little bit of contact coming through turn number five as it kind of held on before he turned into the corner uh taylor ended up coming back for second uh, Jackson Wolney in third, another podium for Jackson Wolney after getting one in the Winter Series as well. Teddy Musella stepped up in a big way throughout the weekend. He was fourth ahead of Arde- uh, Diego Ardiles. And again, it was RPG Cosmic, one, two, three, four, five. Hard charge was Oliver Weldon. He had an issue in the pre-final and started 11th, up four spots into seventh. Well, Sunday, things kind of changed around a little bit. Max Taylor found the speed that he had leading on Saturday and actually qualified on the pole. The pre-final went to Teddy Musella. But uh, as the chaos happened at the start of the race, Nate, on Sunday, it was uh, Max Taylor who was able to pull away and put great laps down and actually gave himself some breathing room. Yeah, Max having a decent day on Saturday, but finally getting that pace and that win in the junior category for them. A good start for the season for him. Again, I'm not too sure if he's going to be doing full season because he has quite a bit of uh, car racing commitments throughout the year. So we'll yeah. see if this is a full-time campaign for him. But again, Ernesto Rivera will be leading points going into Utah now with an RPG for second and third, locking out the podium that would be once we go to Vegas. So we could be seeing three RPG Cosmics on in that top three getting trophies when we go to the Super Nationals. Yeah, there's, some, there's a lot of good drivers. And again, remember, you know, Ralston obviously focus so much on driver development. You never know how many of these drivers are going to keep stepping it up throughout the year. Taylor with the win by nine tenths of a second. It was interesting when I interviewed him afterwards, he said how nervous he was over the last three or four laps, thinking he could win a pro tour race. And he has, of course, Rivera beating down in on him, slowly closing in. The margin ended up being just nine tenths of a second for Taylor, but very happy when he was able to get that first victory. Rivera comes home in second. And as Nate had mentioned, obviously taking the point lead 35 points ahead of Taylor who had a very strong, uh, weekend all told. Masella ends up third in the points, leaving the Winter Nationals. Uh, Diego Ardiles, once again, he was fifth on Saturday, uh, fourth on Sunday. And finally, uh, Oliver Weldon, who was up there challenging, was able to uh, break out that top five, fifth position for the young Florida driver. Grayson Greaves, another Florida driver on a Cosmic, was the hard charger, started 20th and raced his way up into 12th. As we go into the KA100 Junior category, brought to you by Greyhound Racing Seats, here is the headline. Miller goes back-to-back to start Pro Tour season. Now, if RPG dominated things in the uh, X30 Juniors, Stephen Miller essentially dominated things to a certain extent in the KA100 Junior class. That said, he never did qualify on the pole uh, during the qualifying sessions, those short four-lap qualifying sessions, Nate. Victor de Alencar, super fast. Yeah, he kind of, at least not on my radar, going into the weekend, he definitely impressed for his opening round of the Pro Tour. But yeah, like you said, Stephen Miller has just, thinking back, I mean, he won the Super Nationals after a penalty in K Jr. And ever since then, 
in with this engine package, he's just been unstoppable with between the winter series and other more regional races that he's ran. He's just looked like the best KA junior driver in the country. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him win a lot of championships in 2023. And let's just throw this out there. We didn't talk about the fact that on the Saturday race, Aiden Levy actually spun as well. We, there, there were times that the wind was blowing up and some dirt was on the racetrack. Levy spun from the lead, I think, uh, in, in KA 100 Senior. Well, the same things happens to, to, to Miller. Uh, Stephen Miller ends up spinning early, falls back to eighth. That gave the lead to Weldon. Then he just stormed his way forward, methodically working his way forward, took the lead back from Weldon on lap number 13, and from there was able to kind of walk away to a 1.3-second victory. Very impressive run for Stephen Miller, kind of flexed the muscles there a little bit. Oliver Weldon got that second-place finish in the J.C. Cardi LN cart. And Chase Basalia, what a great run for him. Very impressive, his advance through the field. He caught and caught and passed two pairs of drivers who were working together was able to do over under moves i think both of them were actually may have been in turn number nine and one of them might have been over in turn number four but he was able to work his way onto the podium for the first time as well in the gwr tony car so congratulations to chase basalia uh for third on saturday alex mercado in the red speed for speed concepts racing was fourth and keegan kaminsky for formula works on the gfc rounded out the top five enzo vod in vidmontien I think we probably all expect him to potentially battle up front, but he wasn't able to get it done. He did get a hard charger, though, on um, on Saturday. He uh, started all the way back in 32nd, went up 21 spots to move his way into the 11th position. So a great job for Enzo to get back up to 11th. And then we rolled things back out for qualifying Nate again on Sunday. And here comes Victor Day Allen. Carr again qualifies on pole. The raw pace was definitely there in the short-run qualifying sessions. Yeah, for sure. And... I think we see this quite a bit in any form of racing. Any, A lot of people are able to have a short run pace. Some people are able to have long run pace. Just the Allen car seemed to have that long run pace, but didn't just couldn't get through the field as well or as uh, without losing a lot of time compared to Stephen Miller, who would just slice his way through the field no matter where he was. At and adding to his uh, half spin and win on Saturday, I think that happened on lap 20 or so. So I, at least I was thinking like, okay, so we're maybe five to go. He might catch up. Weldon's been quick this weekend. He's going to have 20 laps to do it. And then on lap 12, just eight laps later, he's back into the lead, <laughs> which right. again, just shows Miller's pace in this category right now. Yeah, 3.5 seconds to win for Miller on Sunday. Comes back and does it again. Goes back-to-back Jacks in that KA100 uh, junior class. Max Taylor uh, getting a good run as well. He ends up in second. Alex Mercado third. Shea Aldrich, the local driver on the Tony Kart, <clears throat> excuse me, ends up in fourth. And Dallin Carr was able to hold on and be part of the action, be part of the top five on Sunday with a P5 finish. Uh, Sarah Bradley started all the way back in 26, and she fought her way forward to 10th. So a strong run. For the Tony Kart driver for RPM, Sarah Bradley coming home in the 10th position in the Sunday KA100 Junior Race. Miller, no surprise, 118-point lead over Weldon and then Mercado in third in the championship. Two rounds down, four more to go, a six-round championship. As we know, Spring Nats and Summer Nats still to come, but Miller, as uh, Nate kind of alluding to, looks like he could be lining himself up for more than one championship here in 2023 another commercial break when we get back we'll uh, have a look at the master's classes we'll go ka 100 master and master shifter after this 
top-level production with a focus on a single form of motorsport, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA, underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner, is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the U.S. Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. Whether it's the medium SH Red or the soft SM Yellow that you find at many karting events in the U.S., or the super soft green SS and the intermediate white IZ optional compounds, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. Indoor and outdoor rental facilities can now trust MG Tires with their solution to long-lasting and the best performance with three different compounds available through the RL line. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires, for the drivers. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph, with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to the Race Report. On this edition of the EKN Debrief, this race report brought to you by Skip Barber Racing School. Myself, Rob Howden, joined by Nate Dean. And we're going to work our way through the Masters classes now. We'll go KA100 Master, eight drivers in total. We were teased with the possibility of having Mike Rawlison run, but he elected not to and kind of focused on the team uh, by the time he got there. But KA100 Master presented by Aspen Sport Fuel. The headline, Garrido and Barrio split main event wins. And in the end, all told, I think the overall writing storyline, Nate, is that Michelle Garrido for Alessandro's Racing on the Tony Car really was the dominant driver all weekend long. He only kind of way that, that Barrios got the win was an issue for Garrido, uh, I believe on Saturday, on Sunday rather. But uh, Garrido ends up qualifying on pole, wins the pre-final, and then essentially dominates the action um, on the final on Saturday. There was issues for Barrios, if I'm not mistaken, in both of the pre-final and the final. I think that he had some kind of a, uh, a mechanical failure, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, both races, pre-final and final, Barrios failed to finish, so... We're just kind of robbed of a battle up front for both days because Garrido just 
absolutely walked away with it <laughs> on Saturday. Had absolutely no competition where Sunday it was a bit closer. There wasn't much of a fight. And unfortunately for Michelle getting that win taken away due to a pushback bumper pushback penalty bumper, with yeah. Mario taking that win. But still, since he did have such a good day on Saturday compared to Mario, 95 point lead in the championship going into Utah. Yeah, three of the eight drivers able to get to the end on Saturday. Michelle Garrido with the win. It was 23.4 seconds over Jesus Portillo and Shengi Wu on the factory cart. Uh, again, rolling into Sunday, Garrido qualified on the pole. Barrios, though, took the pre-final victory, but it, as the, Nate had said, a pushback bumper for Garrido after winning the race uh, on track. Barrios gets the win on Sunday. Garrido in second, Iglesias in third. Diego Rodriguez and uh, Portillo rounding out the top five. And again, as uh, Nate said, a 95-point lead for Garrido in the championship, leaving the Winter Nationals. Barrios in second, Iglesias in third. Uh, again, we talked about from the very beginning that there was nine drivers in the Master Shifter card category. Master Shifter presented by International Motorsports. And here's the headline. Debos and Martins split victories. And we talked about the fact that Garrido was kind of the dominant driver all weekend long. It was the same for Daniel Debos. Even in qualifying, Nate, he was actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was quicker than a couple of the, uh, let, me, let me jump in here real quick. I think he ended up qualifying quicker, yeah, than at least one of the pro drivers as well. So Debos was very fast on the Lenzo cart for International Motorsports. He truly was the driver to beat, all told, in the Master Shifter category all weekend. Yeah, he's been the driver to be in the Master Shifter category all year between the winter series and Florida winter tour and everything he's run in, he's been upfront and challenging for wins. So not much of a surprise to see Debos up there. Obviously, like you said, taking the win on Saturday was looking good to do it on Sunday, but engine issues or I'm not quite sure, but he did pull off to the side of the road in a bit of a uh, puff of smoke coming oh. out. So you can oh. kind of put two and <laughs> new together on that one, but right. <laughs> not, not the Sunday he would have wanted, but still healthy points lead. So Debos gets the win by 1.8 seconds on Saturday. Luis Mendez on the Beryl Art finishes in second. Andre Martins on the RPG. Tony Cart comes home third. Mord Von Tock in the TV cart. Uh, both TV cart drivers, Mord Von Tock and Farshag Bagari finishing fourth and fifth on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, Martins uh, was able to come home for the victory in that class. Uh, in second spot was Robert Feige, the reigning champion in the category. And then Ken Schilling, uh, who finished 16 laps, ends up in the third spot. Only two drivers actually making it to the end. A number of drivers with issues, as you had said, Bargari and Von Tock did not run on Sunday. So again, back to another quick break. When we get back, we'll, we'll hit the cadets. We'll go mini Swift and micro Swift after this quick break. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Hi. 
It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perilin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe, North America, and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Perilin USA is North America's source for Perilin products we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro de Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. Welcome back to the ECAN Radio Network and another edition of our ECAN Debrief, where we wrap up our ECAN Trackside Live coverage with a podcast race report. We're going to jump in now to the KA100, uh, well, pardon me, the Mini Swift category. Let me get back to the right sheet. Mini Swift brought to you by Avinco Tires. This is the race report brought to you by Skip Barber Racing School. Here's the headline for Mini Swift. Uh, biggest class, I think, on the weekend, right? At 542. Yeah, biggest class of the weekend and tremendous racing all weekend long. Here's the headline. Johnson and Murphy win following exciting pack races. Um, not surprising, Nate, to see Kate, uh, Kate uh, Kai Johnson rather up front. This kid, I think, is one of the drivers that we're going to see do extremely well in Mini Swift in any racing he does this year. He qualified on the pole coming out of the gate. Marco Romero, though, stepped things up as the two Bennick drivers from Team Bennick showed a lot of pace. And in fact, they came out of the gate uh, with Tristan Murphy and pulled away in the main event. It looked to me like it was going to be a three-driver battle for the race win at the end of that 20 lapper. But as happens many times, and especially at a track with some tight corners, the minute those top three drivers started racing, everybody came back into the party. <laughs> right? Yeah. With, with feel of the size and the strength of field that we have in it, obviously we're going to have a fair bit of fighting up front and throughout the field. And that's exactly what we saw with mini Swift. Like you said, a lot of drivers signing up for this one and a lot of drivers sign up very quickly. Yeah. For it. I think it was one of the first classes to sell out. Same with USPKS for Orlando yeah. Kart Center. So that's great, right? We've got so many cadets. Yeah. If you think about it, we had 24 drivers in micro and 42 in mini. I, we always say that, you know, that the cadet category is obviously the future. Those are the drivers that are going to go to junior, eventually to senior. There were 66 cadet drivers in the paddock at Orlando for the opening round of the Scusa Pro Tour. And again, it was a, a breakaway as we expected. Kai Johnson, uh, Tristan Murphy, Marco Romero right in there in the breakaway pack. Ashton Woon was third, kind of hanging out there, or fourth rather, kind of hanging out by himself. He couldn't close, uh, but he wasn't really losing any ground on the drivers behind him. Now that said, Travis Pettit kind of lined up with everybody behind him. And that was Fionn Chi, Cameron Marcia, Lucas Palacio was in that group as well. And they were slowly closing. And then finally... When they started racing, you know, three wide into turn number nine, three wide coming out of turn number five. And that, you know, that that right left combination kind of two hairpins back to back. Everybody came back in the fight. And as they kind of packed up over in turn number nine, Travis Pettit made the best move. A big, nice over under when she caught 
came out of turn number nine. And it was actually he and Johnson kind of working their way down into the 10, 11, 12 complex. And in the end, Johnson gets the victory. Travis Pettit, his first national podium running for Trinity Karting Group um, on that Kart Republic. His dad, Adam, was absolutely thrilled. But Kai Johnson comes home with the win. Pettit in second. And Ashton Woon, who was right there, P4, took full advantage of it. He comes third. Marco Romero and Tristan Murphy, who were lined up to try to go for a race win, Nate didn't even make it to the podium. Fourth and fifth for those two drivers. Yeah, unfortunate for them, but uh, still long season ahead for them if they want to make this up on championship points. Obviously, you're going to be wanting to go for race wins, but chin up for them. Long road ahead until we head to the final round at Newcastle. And Tristan Murphy would come back nicely the next day. Let's be real about that because he ended up having the fast lap of the race on Saturday. That really played into it on Sunday as well. Kai Johnson qualified on the pole again. Tristan Murphy, though, in that RPM uh, nitro cart, jumping up there into the win in the pre-final, giving him the pole. And the cool fact was, as the race kind of played out a little bit, um, a seven-cart battle essentially formed near the end of the race. Everybody was kind of lining up, and it looked like it was going to, we knew it was going to be fantastic at the end, but it was actually uh, Murphy and Ashton Woon who were able to pull away to battle it out on the final lap. It ended up being Murphy with the victory by 1.1 seconds. Another podium for Ashton Woon, though. So the only driver to get two podiums. He ends up, uh, he'll be third place in points, leaving as well. Fion Shi was the other driver in the fight. And good for Fion Shi onto the podium for the first time at Scusa competition, Nate. Yeah. A lot of, throughout the, paddock and throughout the different podiums a lot of different drivers getting that breakthrough at a national level but good for him obviously we talk a lot about you know some drivers who are just like barely on that being able to get onto the podium and like barely being able to fight into that top five then once you do get that first podium and then especially that first national win they just it propels them to a different level like we saw with Rivera with his win at the Super Nationals over Gaffera ever since then he's just been the dominant force in x30 same with Miller we've seen it in both of the junior categories that once you do get that a huge national win like that you have so much confidence that comes with it and you just dominate from there forward and there's a c word right there the power of confidence especially for the young drivers is just so huge uh so again Tristan Murphy with the win wound second fianchi on the podium in third Royce Vega ends up in fourth on the Bennick and Kai Johnson uh, finishes up in the uh, the fifth spot. Uh, the two hard chargers, McLaren Carroll on apparel, and up 20 positions from 39th to 19th on Saturday. And it was Santiago Namnum, another parallel driver, up 19 spots on Sunday, started all the way back in 41st, almost able to split the difference, ends up in 22nd in the final tally. In the end, although he finished fifth and didn't get on the podium on Saturday, the overall success on the entire weekend puts Tristan Murphy as the point leader, leaving the Winter Nationals, only a 10-point advantage over Kai Johnson and Ashton Woon. Lots of racing still to do in this mini-swift category, so this is going to be fun to watch uh, as we get to the uh, the Spring Nationals and the Summer Nats. Moving into the micro-swift category, very similar. Some great racing up front, some local drivers stepping up as well. Microswift category brought to you by Sodi Racing USA. And here's the headline Matcha sweeps micro mains. And that is incorrect because Davia actually ended up winning, Rob. So I'll change that. <laughs> so Davia was in there as well. Uh, out of the gate, Nate, uh, qualifying for Saturday, one of the longer names that we have to say throughout a weekend, but a very quick driver, Santiago Diaz, 
De La Vega Torres on the CRG ended up qualifying on pole man. And he was in the fight all weekend long, for sure. And he was kind of outside the top five for a majority of the winter series. But man, really stepping it up in Orlando. Yeah, Santiago, one of those uh, really good drivers who we're going to see throughout the season do quite well. And when he yeah. moves up to mini later on, I'm sure he'll be successful there. Um, at a personal level, a bit of a pain since I only <laughs> have a certain amount of characters on Twitter to work with. <laughs> so whenever he's in the top 10 on micro, we have to get a bit creative, but it's a good problem to have for me and for him, obviously doing really well. On I love it that crg and i think we're gonna see big things from him throughout the season maybe we'll have to ask if we can just go santiago torres just for that one just just for yeah. twitter just for twitter yeah. right that's funny yeah because right there is only a certain amount of characters uh maxwell matcha i mentioned the fact that he i thought he had uh, my title swept both mains he did not but he did win the pre-final it was actually juan garcias davia who won on the final on saturday uh, there was a fantastic lead group throughout the main event. Davia took the lead from Macha on the last lap, was able to get the win. Macha holding on for second. Local driver Gavin Decay coming home in third, and he would factor into the fight all weekend long. He ends up P3. Liam Nakawadi, I believe, had the fast lap of the race. Let me scroll over here real quick and get up the micro. I, I'm pretty sure he was the quickest driver in micro on Saturday. Indeed, yeah, fourth place, fast driver of the race uh, for Nakawadi. Uh, he ends up in fourth on the parallel. Colton Schneegenberg on the energy uh, ends up in fifth. William Roberts started 23rd and drove 17 spots forward as the hard charger up into sixth. What a drive for William Roberts. Uh, great job for him. Uh, coming into Sunday, though, it was all Maxwell Macha. He qualified on the pole, won the pre-final, and although there was a lot of racing, Nate, he still was able to get the race win. Yeah, yeah. Um quite convincingly too for matcha good day in the office for him not didn't watch as much micro as i wanted to throughout the, the weekend but matcha just seems like one of those drivers who just seemed very comfortable throughout the weekend yeah. didn't seem like there was too much stress from him obviously a bit a bit of a point sleep going into utah for him 80 points between uh with him in first decay and second so he has a bit of a gap there. And I think he just he just seemed a lot more confident and more comfortable in the cart than some of the drivers, at least in my, what I saw. Yeah, I would agree. He, he had obviously had some success, was able to get a race win in the Winter Nationals as well, right? Uh, obviously, uh, Pazonia yep. Nito, uh, in terms of Pazonia Nito moving up into the mini class after having won the championship in micro at the Winter Series. So Macha, you know, kind of the guy to beat right now in that class, I think, to a certain extent. He got out to the early lead. Uh, but uh, Diaz de la Vega Torres and Decay worked together and some ended up catching him and then passed on with about eight laps to go. Decay actually went to the lead at one point. Uh, the lead group, then as they started racing, I, you know, I, I figured they were going to pull away, but no, the next group came coming. So there were six carts in the lead group. Finally, Macha kind of took the lead back away with a good move to the inside. He was trying to pull away with Decay, who was leading, but I think he realized they were coming. So he made the move on the inside in lap 16. There was only 18 laps on Sunday. Escusa had cut two laps off all the mains to try to get back onto schedule. So with two to go, uh, Macho went to the inside of Decay, took the position, and then really the big gap that he got was because of the fact that everybody really started battling it out for second. They really, Macho at, at one point pulled away. They kind of made a move to try to get close, and then everybody just started fighting. So really, Macho just pulled away, like we said. 11 seconds, but it wasn't, they were really close two laps in, but over the last couple of laps, he was able to stretch away and, and did, a, uh, did a great job. And again, Ga uh, Gavin Decay, third on Saturday, local driver finishing second on Sunday. Just a great weekend for Gavin. 
Uh, Diaz de la Vega Torres ends up in third to cap off the podium. Nakawadi, another fourth place finish. And this time it was Josh Bergman on the Sodi cart who ends up working his way up into the fifth position. So good job for Bergman, a top five finish. Colton Schneegenberg, who was fifth on Saturday, uh, started 24th, had to fight his way forward, a 16-position improvement. He goes to eighth position, but not surprising, seeing as the fact that he won the pre-final, was second on Saturday, and then swept Sunday. Maxwell Macho with an 80-point lead over Gavin Decay and Davia to cap off the weekend. All told, a really impressive drive uh, for Macho on the weekend. You mentioned it, Nate. Just seemed really calm, really relaxed. It's, it's always cool to see that. In a, in a micro swift driver doesn't board well for the rest of the field if he's feeling that confident no no right? definitely not i mean it, like you said we talk about the confidence word a lot you can have a single lap pace you can have a decent weekend but if you have if you're the most confident driver in the field and the most determination then you're a big threat and that's what matcha has along with the pace that's it yeah put it all together right all right one more break yeah. in the action folks when we get back we'll wrap things up we'll look at the constructor championship and we'll have a look at the Ecan Trackside Live Race Calendar. We'll cap things off after this break. Ready to step up your game? Joining the Rawlison Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national-level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. We work with all age groups and are focused on developing those cadet and junior drivers who are ready to take the next step in their racing program. Rawlison Performance Group has set a new standard with our in-house engine program, AVP Engines, headed by Alex Vincent. AVP has become the benchmark in IAMI competition. We have the largest OTK inventory that follows our race team, providing trackside parts at all the major events in North America. RPG also offers multilingual support with French, Spanish, and Portuguese-speaking staff. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. The Rawls and Performance Group. We race to win. For over 20 years, Greg Bell has been building race-winning power for kart racers. One need only look at his team, Leading Edge Motorsports. He's always built engines for his team, and the results have been wins at the biggest races in America, the Scusa Super Nationals and the Rock Vegas events. The name on this program, Mega Power. This year alone, Bell and Danny Formell teamed up to sweep the Rock Shifter class on the Florida Winter Tour, all on a Mega Power engine. If you want to win shifter kart races, it's time to put Mega Power on your kart. Mega Power specializes in gearbox engines, such as the TMKZ, Rock Shifter, and IME Shifter, but with almost three decades of engine building experience, Bell develops winning motors for X30 and Mini Swift and everything in between. The combination of Greg Bell's engine building skills and his chassis tuning knowledge is a potent mixture. Greg's helped catapult many drivers to wins over the years, including Mercedes F1 star George Russell, who won the Super Nats 14 in 2011 with Leading Edge Motorsports. Increase your odds of winning at this year's Rock Vegas or Super National events or throughout 2023 by calling Greg Bell today at 209-747-2613 
to put mega power in your corner. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Time to wrap things up for episode number 110 of our EKN Debrief. Started these many years ago after the Super Nationals and been a very popular part of our EKN Trackside Live coverage and our podcast program, and of course, on the EKN Radio Network. Uh, Rob Howden alongside Nate Dean. Let's wrap things up, Nate. We'll kind of buzz our way through some good stuff. First and foremost, perfect weather all weekend. Now, maybe not perfect because it wasn't 75 and sunny. It was 85 to 91 and sunny. It was hot. It was humid, but no rain and good rate, you know, good for racing. It was hot. It was tough on the drivers, but you know, no rain, which I think was fantastic. Yeah. No rain at a major national, uh, and like at between USP cast and Scusa, we haven't had any rain. So that's good for us. Obviously with all the time we've spent in, spent in Florida at the major national series, it's been kind of a surprise yeah. that it hasn't downpoured on us <laughs> for anything. It, it, Saying it's that more, it's, it, it will downport Utah. Yeah. Don't say it will that. downpour you, Utah. Uh, it could. It gets windy there sometimes, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the words we used uh, beginning on Saturday and really kind of dialed things up, it, it was the word intensity. Uh, it, it was super intense racing all uh, all weekend long. I don't know if it's just because it was the start of the Scusa Pro Tour. Everybody had been there for so long, and they you know, were beating on each other in other races, whatever it was. But the racing seemed very intense. And we never, ever want to say it anytime during the race. We kind of wait till the end of the day or the end of the weekend. But no red flags all weekend long, despite some crazy aggressive racing. I was thrilled when we wrapped up the day with no reds. Yeah, and I think we didn't have any reds during the winter series, too. So good. You might be right. Streak for Scusa there, yeah. No doubt. Uh, one of the things, uh, I think, for the championship of the X30 uh, senior class was the issues for Turney and Norberg on Sunday. Not something we normally see, right? We're literally calling the action. All of a sudden, uh, there's an issue for Turney. He's in the barriers. And then there's an issue for Norberg. He stopped. Man, that really blows things wide open in the championship when two of the primary contenders have one bad day each at the Winter Nationals. And Austin Garrison. Dennis on Sunday for him. Yeah, you're right, Garrison as well. Uh, last but not least to wrap things up, and obviously we're going to have to circle back and look at this again. We'll see what happens when it comes. We already know what Stars has done. Uh, we'll see what happens with the uh, the Scusa program as well. But uh, brewing controversy and some dissension in the paddock due to the strength of that IAMI, open spec IAMI SSC 175. That's going to be something that will be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. All right, let's go into the Constructors' Championship. Uh, interesting. Ten different brands winning. There are times we've seen four or five brands kind of dominate, but ten different brands winning over the 18 main events. Cosmic gets up, gets four. Not surprising, Rawls and Performance Group being so strong. Formal, Rivera, Taylor, and Barrios. Four drivers splitting those four wins. Cart Republic with three, with Joe Turney winning, of course, on Saturday, and Stephen Miller sweeping both days. Uh, Tony Cart with Martins and Garrido, a couple of Masters wins for the uh, Tony Cart brand. Alonso with Levy getting two. Uh, Davia and Macha uh, sweeping things there for Perlin, getting a couple of wins. Factory Cart with Musgrave, as we said, their first ever uh, Pro Tour win for the Factory Cart program. Morgado stepping up on the last race of the weekend to give one to Burel Art. Uh, Bennick with a win with Kai Johnson. Nitro Cart with Murphy. A, uh, Debos with Lenzo Cart, I believe. Yeah, it was De yeah, Debos on a Lenzo Cart. So that was the other one. So, yeah, 10 different brands. Nate getting race wins. Cosmic leading the way with four. Yeah, you don't really see this many brands on the top step of the podium. But like you said, Cosmic on top with four. Surprised. Uh, Rolson Performance Group is quick. Um, it is cool to see, though, that uh, four different drivers there yeah. 
for RPG between Formal, Rivera, Taylor, Barrios, all getting wins. And just the amount, there wasn't a lot of double ups on wins just between Miller and Levy. Other than that, everyone was just a single, all the chassis manufacturers, yeah, just a single one. And then in Cadet, where we've seen a lot of peril and dominance over the last year and a bit. Uh, they get two with Davia and Macho, as I said, but uh, Nitro Kart gets one and Bennett gets one as well. So again, the three primary, uh, I think uh, Cadet Chassis got all getting a victory there. So tremendous job for everybody involved there. All right, let's wrap things up. EK and Trackside Live Race Calendar, this time presented by DID Chain. Powered by technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reput- reputation for superior quality and reliability. With a rich racing tradition where race results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel both on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this T, uh, SDH pin technology, which leads to a longer chain life, as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. All right, we'll wrap things up here. EK and Trackside Live Race Calendar. A couple of events lined up here for the month of um, April. Uh, April 12th, 13th, and 14th, the full EK and Trackside Live program. Myself, Rob Howden and David Cole will be heading to Sonoma Raceway for the final rounds of this year's Challenge of the Americas. And then we'll wrap it all up for the month as uh, David will be heading to the USPKS Texas Grand Prix, his first trip, and the USPKS's first trip to Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston, Texas. That's the end of the month, April 27th to the 30th. couple of big races, Challenge wrapping up, USPKS going to their second round. And I think, you know, based on what we're hearing, good numbers for Challenge of the Americas, some exciting stuff to focus on with the OKN class. I think they're going to probably get uh, a couple more racers in there. They've got a, a bounty on the head of Blake Nash, which would be exciting. But I think they're going to see some big numbers again, Nate, for USPKS, their first run to speed sports. People are really going to enjoy that racetrack. Yeah, and interesting stat that David brought up a podcast or two ago. This is USPKS's first race west of the Mississippi, so moving into that market. But registration for USPKS and their Texas Grand Prix at Speed Sports is open as of a week ago. Um, Like we saw at Scusa, no pushback bumpers required for the pro shifter category for them, so there's some change there. But The USPKS has a lot of hype and momentum, especially in the past couple of years. And this should be a really big event, not only for them, but for speed sports as they start to put their name on more and more national calendars. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Great to see Alan Rudolph and the whole family down there at Speed Sports Racing Park finally getting that big national event that they've been hoping for. It's a fantastic facility, and they're going to be shoehorning everybody in there because it's going to be a big race. But if they can do it at OKC, they can do it at Speed Sports. Looking forward to seeing what David does when he's down there trackside for that. But he and I, again, like I said, a couple of weeks away, we'll be heading west to the Challenge of the Americas. That'll be the next event on the ECAN trackside live race calendar. That does wrap things up for our coverage here from the Supercarts USA Winter Nationals, the opening round of the Pro Tour at the Orlando Kart Center. It was a great time to be down there with everybody, hanging out with the guys from Kart Chaser as well with the live coverage. We do thank all of those of you who dropped us notes and uh, like the coverage that we brought in, of course, with the race report, Nate doing everything on social media throughout the weekend, all the reels, you name it. We do appreciate all the kind words. Thank you so much, folks. We're going to wrap things up here from the EKN studios in Cambridge, Ontario. 
and Minnesota as well. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. On behalf of Nate Dean, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.